This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, 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 business storytellers. That's right. Let's go. Let's talk about content creation, writing, and specifically, what in the world are you going to do at the end of your articles? And here's the thing. I see way too many articles out there that don't have a conclusion. Did anybody pay attention in English class, in writing class? Beginning, middle, climax, blah, 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 and the end. That's also called the conclusion. But we do forget about that sometimes. And I have to admit, I do too. I got all this stuff, and then I don't wrap it up. So I ran across an article that today's guest wrote for the Content Marketing Institute blog. And just a friendly reminder, I am going back to content marketing world this year. Uh, on-site in Cleveland, so first travel in a while, first uh, business-related travel in a while for sure. Um, so it's always exciting to to connect with people through the Content Marketing Institute. Uh, today's guest, Alexandra Coti, she is based in um, Romania, and she wrote this article, very insightful, about um, conclusions. Let's get her on the show here. Welcome. It's nice to see you. Thank you for having me, Christoph. You bet. So tell me about what is going on. Why are people, I mean, first of all, you you had a reason to write the article. So you've noticed that too, right? That people are just kind of like, the article is over, there's no conclusion. Why is that happening? Mm -hmm. So first of all, I'm one of those persons who actually, I didn't use to read introductions and I even skipped conclusions. So at some point, somebody told me that I should start focusing a bit more on how my introductions look. And that's when I started researching, you know, my competitors, kind of what they were doing in terms of introductions and conclusions. And what happens most of the time is that, as you mentioned, people either just don't write a conclusion at all, or they write something that's super uh, general or out of their like reach. So they do not target necessarily their uh, business goals. Traditionally, conclusions were used to summarize the points of an article. But what happens in a B2B setting or just for any business purpose is that you also need to add in your goal in there. So most articles, when you look at their conclusion, they will have something super general, followed by maybe a call to action to get people to share or leave a comment, but they forget about that very important part um, that leads people to maybe their product, another piece of content, or just something that helps um, the writer, the business, the brand keep people, um, keep readers connected with the website, the company. What's interesting about conclusions, too, is, I mean, certainly a lot of people don't read anyways, right? I mean, even as you said, you didn't even use to read them. And I skim things, too. But but there is a percentage of people 
who read. And we still have to write for those people. And there also is a percentage of people, the majority, that skims. So what if they skim to your missing conclusion, you know, and that's the piece that would have won them over. Um, as a writer, I always like to leave some kind of nugget in my conclusions. I don't always hit it, but some kind of little interesting story, something that, you know, um, connects people to the topic even further. So a while ago, I actually asked my audience, my network, basically on LinkedIn, if they read uh, introductions, I think it was the question. And the vast majority, and I mean over 90% of them, said they were reading introductions and conclusions. So there is no reason to skip them. What I would recommend doing and what I did was to take a look at what your competitors are doing. So take your uh, maybe top 10 competitors who are great at content and see how they are um, framing the conclusions for their most successful posts. It really depends on what your business goals are. Um, in time, you will probably develop a structure that works best for you. So for example, in my case, I preferred to kind of skip the traditional purpose, the, the traditional purpose of a conclusion. And instead I have something like key takeaways, but they're not necessarily just summing up the article, but sometimes I add in extra tips in there. So maybe you can have a bullet list or a checklist of things that you want the reader to remember. And after that, it's very important to include your call to action. Now, depending on your main business goal, you will want to focus on that. So in general, you might want to promote a product or maybe you just want to keep people on your blog so to get them to read more. Or you might want to grow your email list to join your community. Whatever that is, you need to transform that into a call to action and add it in there. And then additionally, you could have maybe an extra call to action to get people to comment on the post or to share it. What I would recommend is having a single call to action for conclusion because it's just it's scientifically proven that people have a hard time um, making a decision when there's multiple choices. So you want to give them one straightforward call to action. So for example, something like sign up for our product to help you with something that's also relevant for um, the article. Or um, you can get them to join your email list, whatever your goal is. And then you can finally have a sentence to get them to comment, share, whatever, because it's also super important to get them to be active around um, the article. So a couple of questions for you there. Uh, I mean, so I agree on the whole one CTA per whatever, you know, because people, and I actually think when you have multiple calls to action, you know what I, I think that is an internal political issue. Right. Because people couldn't agree. Oh, no, I, I want this call to action. Oh, no, I want this call to action. Do you know what I mean? Like people are arguing about it and, and they, they don't understand. It's like the slider on the home page. This is the hill I'm going to die on. Sliders on home pages do not work, period. I don't care 
what your title is. I don't care if you make four times as much money as I do. I have never seen them work. They only work in your head, not not your head. But you know what I mean? The people who argue for sliders. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the traditional model is, you know, you have the introduction, you got the, the body of the copy, and you got the summary. And I guess that does kind of work when you have, like when I'm writing a book, right? I got like 300 pages. But if I have a 1,500-word blog post, do you really need to summarize 800 words or whatever? I don't, you know, let's say 200 words intro, you know, a thousand for the body and 200. I mean, does it really make sense to spend 200 words to get in, you know, whatever, a thousand for the copy and then 200 to, to wrap it up? Does that even add up mathematically, I guess? Uh, it doesn't. So basically, the best way of nailing this uh, summary section would be to add it maybe at the beginning as a TLDR section. But what happens is that, you know, if you have the summary at the beginning, then you have your points clearly listed as headings, and then you're going to mention them again in the conclusion. You're wasting that space in the conclusion, which you could be using maybe to answer another question or to add in your own call to action. Got it. I actually, I'm a big fan of the beginning and I started doing that more and more too. I would say in this article, I cover and then I basically li list the subsections. Yes. And I know some people now have links to to those things, uh, to those things as well. When you start wrapping it up, I mean, do you just say, in the, is the headline, is the H2, is it just conclusion or like what's the best? I mean, when you, when your headline, I've seen that before, but, but sometimes when I see conclusion, I'm like, why do I have to read the conclusion? What's new? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't pull me in. So there's multiple ways of basically replacing your traditional conclusion. The easiest, safest, and uh, the version I go for is kind of writing something like key takeaways on, and then you're going to add your topic. Now, this is also a good opportunity to add in your main keyword or a secondary keyword. And then you're briefly going through the main key takeaways that you don't necessarily have to mention everything you have already talked about. As I said, you can add in some extra tips in there. And this is also the perfect opportunity for you to maybe target some extra keywords that are related to the main keyword and to answer, you know, those uh, low volume keywords that people also uh, search for. Um, this is basically my approach, but another thing I do sometimes, depending on how long you want the article to be really, is you can replace the conclusion with, let's say, the answer to a question that's related to the main topic. So if you have an article like top 10 social media management tools, Instead of the conclusion, you can have an H2 like um, how to choose among these tools or what features to pay attention to when picking a social media management tool. And then you're basically going to uh, make a summary and answer that extra question. Another thing people do related to this is maybe right after the conclusion or instead of the conclusion, they have a frequently asked questions section. And this is just um, 
three questions with three short answers. And they are commonly used basically to target um, extra questions people might look for that maybe didn't fit in the article. So this is another way of kind of giving more knowledge and making sure that you answer every single uh, question that the reader might have. And another option is one I don't necessarily agree with, but it's good to know that there is also this possibility is to basically replace your conclusion with a brief section to talk about your product or your service. Now, usually brands who aren't very good at organically integrating product mentions into the rest of the content will turn to this option to just have the conclusion uh, talk about how the product works. A better way of doing this is to naturally insert uh, tips under every heading on how people can use your um, product, service, whatever. Very interesting. And, you know, of course, um, uh, lots of questions here that come to my mind. Uh, first of all, this was actually, um, you mentioned this earlier, look at the competition. Now, my yes. one word of caution looking at the competition, just because the competition is doing something doesn't mean that they're doing it successfully. I'll give you an example. I look at many, many companies' blogs, and their blogs suck. They're horrible. There's no way that they work. I don't even need to look at their numbers. You know what I mean? Now, sometimes there's different goals, right? I mean, a, a blog that's trying to increase SEO visibility has a very, it's, it could be, very, it's very different from a blog that's really only written for investors, right? For example, or potential investors. I mean, those are all valid goals, but you do have to be aware of what others are doing. Um, the, the question I have on CTAs. So you mentioned have a call to action. I'm a big fan of calls to action one at a time, but in a, in a content article, should you have like, let's call them product CTAs or should you have engagement CTAs? So I think of product CTAs as check out our product, book a demo, buy whatever, right? You know, something, meet me at the conference, something like that. And then you have engagement, right? Sign up for the blog, tweet this, you know, uh, follow our podcast, whatever, you know, something you're not, there's no transaction but you are connecting deeper with me. So what's mm -hmm. what's your recommendation on when to use either one of those? So generally you want to stick with what your business goals are, but the conclusion should be targeted to every piece of content you have and its purpose, its stage in the funnel, who your target audience is, any kind of specifics like that. So if you're going to have an article that's very uh, general, uh, targeted at educating people, like what is project management? What is AI even? Something more general. In this case, people will look for information. So they won't necessarily read your page, your article, with the purpose of buying something. So in this case, you can kind of help them continue finding information about that topic and lead them through what you mentioned, 
engagement calls to action. So you can have them go maybe to an ebook of yours, to another post. You can get them to subscribe to your blog if you often post um, content on that topic. But if the keyword has a solid buyer buying intent, if people who search for that uh, keyword want to analyze products, um, compare them, make a purchase in the end, like in the case of a listicle or just a comparison page, you will want the call to action to lead to a product or maybe to a white paper that can help them decide which solution is best for them. Interesting. And the other thing is when you focus on conclusions, and I know, I know everybody says word count doesn't matter, but let me be real. Word count does matter because the more you write, now not just fluff, but the more you write, the more chance you have to actually share in-depth knowledge. So if you're just fluffing it up, that's not what I'm talking about. But if you keep writing things around the topic. So the one thing, this has probably been my biggest takeaway so far, and I'm amazed to admit it because I hate, hate, hate the term FAQs, frequently asked questions. I hate it. Nas Urbina actually said this, I think, and he keeps, this is the hill he is dying on, I think. He says, there's no such thing as frequently asked questions because nobody goes, oh, what are my frequently asked questions? It's just their questions. But anyway, let's get off that soapbox here. I love the context of actually doing what you describe. And here's the reason why. Let's say I write a, a big article on LinkedIn Live, right? Here's the article, article is done. And then what happens is there's all these little questions that don't actually, they don't warrant a whole 1500, 2000 word article. And if you only write a two sentence article, that's not an article, that's a tweet, but you wanna put it somewhere. So what I can now do is when I have those content pieces as they pop up, I just put them in, you know, in the conclusion under FAQs or whatever term I want to choose if I don't like FAQs. Uh, so it really does depend on the type of content you're writing, but you don't necessarily have to have that FAQ section. Now, something to clarify is that these FAQ questions aren't questions that you as a brand get. They are just uh, queries related to a topic in general. So if someone's going to look for social media management tools, a question they might have is, you know, what features to pay attention to or what the best free, ver free tools are. You don't have to add in the section per se, like after the conclusion, you can just integrate maybe those answers in the conclusion. And personally, what I do is I try to take one bigger question and add that as the conclusion. So you're basically not wasting that conclusion space just with repeating things or saying general stuff. So interesting. So so you're saying not like not have FAQs, but have one FAQ, right? Don't just dump a bunch of questions in there um, because then it, it becomes like a whole nother article, quite frankly, like focus on one thing. Is that how I understand that? 
I mean, it's okay to add the FAQs. Usually you want to add them, you know, for SEO purposes because they help you add in those extra terms in there. But if you want to add more value on a specific um, question topic, you might want to turn your entire conclusion into one of those questions as long as it's related to the main topic. And if you really want those FAQs, you can also add them as small tip boxes or sections uh, that pop out maybe with a different uh, color as the background um, throughout the entire article as well. Interesting. So many different tips. Now, I know there's rules. Spend mm -hmm. this much time on the headline, blah, blah, blah. Spend this much time on whatever. I don't necessarily believe in those rules per se, but I do know if I don't write a good headline, nobody's going to read it, right? If I don't pick the right keyword, nobody's going to find it. So honestly, I probably spend the... It's hard to say what the right percentage is, but I probably spend a big amount of time just figuring out what the right wording is. So I might search for the right keywords. I might find around, you know, what, what do I actually have a chance to, to rank for? And then I just kind of, you know, do like a brain dump, quite frankly, sometimes. Uh, I have to be my best editor. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm, write, I'm writing really long, but I'm, I just kind of like, you know, I do a lot of moving around. And, and I do have to focus on the headline quite a bit. I don't necessarily write 15 versions of a headline, but I have found that typically my my third or fourth version is much better than the first one. And especially sometimes if you collaborate with other people, you know, it's like, uh, but that's really important. So, so maybe I should spend more time on that. How much time realistically do we need to think about putting into the conclusion? Or mm -hmm. is the amount of time spent even relevant or is that just an industrial mm -hmm. holdover so you do need to get your first research done to see kind of what the best performing blogs are doing and then test out what's working for you what you can do is have kind of the same structure for your conclusions with again a brief summary and some extra tips related to the topic a main call to action and then maybe getting people to comment as well now, if you stick to this um, structure, it will be just faster to always put together the conclusion. Another thing uh, brands are doing is having like a visual call to action, like a banner with uh, a screenshot or, or illustration, a call to action and a button. Um, and they basically have that on all of their conclusions. But what I would recommend is still um, customizing every call to action a bit to the post. And this also helps you avoid duplicate content. But if you take my approach and turn that conclusion into a section of its own, it's obviously going to take a bit longer. So you have to put in the time um, to, to, to get it done. Um, now, if I got my train of thought, I was going to ask you something else about that. Um, so, Conclusions matter. I think we got that out of the way. How do people start? How do they get it in their heads? I mean, I know there is, um, I, th I think a lot of teams have it figured out. You know, this is how you do keyword research. This is the, how you do the other things. This is how you get the content. And by the way, if you're not talking to your experts in your company, don't just make up stuff. Oh my God, like that still exists and it needs to stop in my opinion. But how do we uh, 
how do writers get started by even thinking about it and making part of, part of their workflow? Mm -hmm. So the best motivation is to just look at your Google Analytics stats and see how many people leave your article after uh, reading, leave your, leave your website after reading that article. So without a solid conclusion, people will be tempted to just skip through the article and then leave maybe for another competitor. But if you get them something interesting to continue looking at, whether that's a funny video, an ebook, um, joining a community, you can keep them in the loop. So the final goal should be in um, what you have in mind to, to basically motivate you to focus on your conclusions because without the conclusion, it will be more difficult or without the call to action. That's really what's important. It's not the conclusion as much as the call to action is uh, what's important. You want um, basically to include um, a, a call to action on all of your conclusions and lead people to what your main goal is. And this is what the final takeaway for this talk should also be. If you have a business goal, translate it into a um, call to action, add it to your conclusion, and then you'll start seeing some more results. People will be going to your product pages, to other content, and you'll increase the time they spend on your website, your leads, your uh, you'll grow your email list, and so on. Fantastic. And can you imagine, we talked about conclusions for 27 minutes. Really appreciate your sharing your knowledge. And in conclusion, honestly, I need to focus on my conclusions and my articles. I hope everybody else does the same thing. Keep CTAs singular. Don't make people do too many things. You know, hopefully you found this information helpful. I always learn something. I'm definitely the FAQ, I think, is still uh, is probably the biggest takeaway for me today, and I'm, I'm looking forward to implementing that soon here. Uh, Alexandra, I really appreciate you joining us and sharing your knowledge. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Hello. Hi. Are you still there? I have a special offer for you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. My going live book is now available on Amazon.com. And if you're in the United States, I'm happy to send you a signed copy, which you can order at paypal.me forward slash C. T-R-A-P-P-E, C-T-R-A-P-P-E, forward slash 12. Thanks for your interest. If you're not in the United States, I can't send you a signed copy, but of course you can order on Amazon.com.